Brooklyn. Welcome to the Truth to Power show on Radio for Brooklyn. I'm your host, VGR Nathan. And I uh, just want to check in. Uh, we're going to be having Mandy Schmeider, uh, uh, filmmaker, writer, and star of the short film Unnatural, a comedy about infertility, which is making his NYC and world debut last Tuesday. Uh, I think I was Mandy on the phone just now. Hi, welcome, Mandy. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you. I'm just introducing you as the uh, writing star of short film Unnatural. Um, so why don't we start? Uh, yeah, why don't we, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Why don't we start the conversation off about your film and how it came to be and um, so, some of the aspects of it that you want to reveal to the audience? Yeah, sure. Um, so, let's see. I, uh, I guess five or six years ago, I was, um, you know, I was struggling with infertility and, um, I, I couldn't believe how much it kind of, um, overtook my life. Um, it's such a complicated and frustrating and all encompassing experience. Um, and a lot of it you have to kind of go through in quiet, um, this isn't something people talk about. People don't broadcast that they're trying to have kids typically. Um, and I just felt, uh, so, uh, just so strongly about, um, just how much this isn't talked about and how much, how much it's just completely all encompassing in your brain. Like you can't think about anything else. And, um, there's so much bad advice and so many people asking you if you're going to have, when you're, when, and if you're going to have kids and, um, you know, this thing you, you, you typically try to avoid for many of us all of our lives. And then you, you're like, well, I'm ready now. I've had, I've, you know, I'm at an age where it's now or never. And then it doesn't happen. And, And I think that happens to a lot of people. Um, and I felt it so strongly. And after a few years, I, I had some distance and I said, well, I, I, I started writing about it. You know, I, I wrote about it like kind of journaling during the experience because I didn't know how else to, to vent. Um, and eventually I just, I, I'm an actress and I wanted to, um, you know, create kind of a vehicle for myself and um, kind of tell this this woman's story and and in many cases, in many ways it's similar to my own, but in many ways it's different. Um, and, uh, I thought, well, um, I will write this as a short film. I, I thought about writing a pilot, but I, I really wanted it to have kind of, it doesn't have a traditional, you know, happy ending, so to speak. It is a comedy, um, but it doesn't end the way that a lot of comedies do a lot of, you know, happy endings, uh, occur. So I wanted to, um, I wanted to make it into a film because, you know, what happens when you don't, the story doesn't go the way you want. Um, and you, do you have to pick up the pieces and, and just go to work the next day, you know? Um, and where is that story for those women? Um, you know, where you don't get the guy or you don't have the baby and you just, you still have to be enough and you still are enough, you know? So, I want that to be like the hero of the story in many ways, the star of the story um, for those people who, who were struggling like, like I was. And, and, you know, maybe they're not quote successful in the way that they wanted to be. Yeah. And do you think that uh, the genre, um, how does the, like, how do you, how do you play with 
I, when you said you were journaling, did you kind of go through the process of writing in, in more traditional, like I guess you might say dramatic format, and then going into the comedy? How did you discover the comedy? Like, was, do you go through that process of emotional um, processing, and then you find, oh, that I can free myself up to? Uh, yeah, good joking, question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think... <clears throat> I think I felt everything so strongly and I imagined um, a lot of it was imagining like, um, like almost fascinated by and terrified of seeing other pregnant women, especially friends or family or other people who are pregnant. um, And just imagining yourself, you just start imagining yourself as what kind of pregnant woman will I be? And, And I think that that, uh, you know, you just take everything one step further when you're thinking of, um, of of the comedy aspect of it. So, in a lot of ways, it definitely stemmed from the dramatic of, of just like I got to get this stuff off my chest. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm never going to be. I'm never going to see my silhouette. I'm never going to see. You know, because in in New York, you walk around, you see your like. I can never truly figure out how I how I look or how my outfits come together until I see myself in the reflection of a store window uh, when I'm walking down the street. Um, I think maybe it's because I'm like a part of the world around me and then I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, this stuff is okay. Or, oh, I look great, you know. Um, And I think that a lot of times I would um, look in the mirror in that that reflection and think, oh, I'm never going to see that pregnant silhouette, you know. Um, And so just, just the constant imagining... And then just taking it several steps further. And in, men, in some cases, that was tricky. In some cases, it was really easy. So, yeah. Yeah. And also, in your, in your bio on your website, you talk a little bit about your first introduction to comedy as in a movie that uh, takes in, you know, extremely, uh, you know, more than just several steps, sort of, that goes all the way to farce. Um, so, you talked a little bit about Airplane. Tell us a little bit about how uh, kind of other comedies you've experienced, you know. Uh, have taught you the things that 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 you've learned. Okay, yeah. Um, so I, um, you know, my, it's funny because I grew up in a household. My parents were. Um, my dad is a physicist slash engineer, and he has. If if it if it is if something is funny, it needs to be it needs to be two plus two equals four, and then that's why it's funny. It can't be. Um, <laughs> uh, abstract in any way, or, you know, it has to be, it, it, it needs to be literal for him to kind of understand why it's funny. And it's very similar to my mom too. She, um, well, she will, she will say, she, she, I think several times she said to me, I just wasn't born with a sense of humor. <laughs> um, and I'm just like, okay, uh, okay. Um, so <laughs> I, I, th- I feel like I grew up in a household where my parents do have a sense of humor, but it's very, it, it is, you know, literal, um, in many ways. And I, um, was very different, um, than them. I'm very different from them. And I think I, maybe I I used to think that everybody said they were different from their families, but from their parents, but I think maybe some people say, Oh, I am like my parents. Um, and I'm very different from them in a lot of ways. And so growing up in a household where things X plus Y equaled Z, you know, I needed, um, I needed, I think it contrasted when I saw, like, I remember first seeing, like, Saturday Night Live um, and just being like, what is this? Um, part of it was because my sisters were up later than I later than me because they're older, and they would watch it. And so it was a little bit of that, like, um, mystery of what are the big kids watching, you know? Um, and I just remember catching it a couple times and then 
um, with Airplane, I was just like fascinated. Like, what is, it's just, I can't believe they're making fun of this. Like that plane's going to go right into the airport. Um, you know, when the, the, he's directing them all right. It was just so, it just like, I, I absolutely loved it. Um, and I also just, uh, was much sillier. I, my mom, my parents, my dad would probably say I'm just, I was very silly as a kid. Um, so, and, but I hid that a lot. I hid that a lot from my family. I hid it a lot from other, my friends' parents because I thought they were also like, my parents would think I, I was weird or strange or, um, couldn't figure me out. And so there, I remember there'd be moments where I'd just be myself around my friends' um, parents and they'd be like, look at me weird, like, whoa, um, I had no idea that you were like this or whatever. Uh, and I would just be, you know, myself just joking or, you know, um, being silly. And, uh, I think that, <clears throat> that, that, that kind of, um, feeling of the rules are being broken, I think appealed to me a lot as I grew up, even from there, from high school and college. And, um, when I got my MFA in acting, I really mainly started doing dramatic roles like, um, I played Lady Macbeth and, and I was often cast in very dramatic roles that, um, either end up killing themselves or get killed by, at the end of the play. <laughs> um, and, uh, I guess people just, I don't know why I, I, I was a good fit for those roles, but I'd often play them. Um, and then in, in grad school, I started some, my, my friends who were directors in the directing class would be like, Mandy, you're actually, you're really funny. I don't understand why you don't play, um, you never play comedic roles and I'm going to cast you in something comedic, you know? And then I started doing more comedic roles. And I was like, Oh my God, this is the best. Um, this is so much fun. I absolutely love it. And then I took, you know, improv, um, out here in, in New York and, and I've been doing that for like 12 years now, but, um, sorry, I kind of strayed from your, oh, question okay. about my inspiration a little bit. You know, you answer, um, you answer a lot of it because I think that the question was only about like how also about how comedy is, um, Break the rules and how, and you went to a little bit of that and how kind of the dialogue between comedy and drama, you know, the dialogue between, um, you know, that I think comedy is really born out of drama, would you say? It's really like, I don't know, I don't think comedy really comes first. I feel like drama really comes first. We have to go through that tragic experience in order to get to that fu funny, you know, I feel like we have to kind of go through yeah. that process of, of processing it, you know, the experience yeah, itself, I yeah. Yeah, I think there was a lot of, um, <clears throat> um, I think there's a lot of ne uh, need to, you know, even if you have a a very situ serious situation, you still have to move on uh, day after day, and, and you can't just be really heavy all the time. You just can't, you can't go through life, like, you can't get up, but you gotta be able to, you still get up in the morning, and some, some cases you have to go to work, and, um just life goes on. So the need, I think, to make light of certain things is so, um, is vital. And, and, um, yeah. And the stakes need to be really high in order for the comedy, I feel like to happen. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So why don't we talk a little bit also about improvisation as a, as a approach to life as well. I mean, I think that we can learn a lot from improvisation. It's always been my, my, cause I, I took it only like, I took some levels of improv, and I learned a little bit about it and just learning about how, how that's informed your approach to life or if, if it has. And um, also about, yeah, that's why I start from, start from there, yeah. So has, has yeah. improv had helped you in any way with just dealing with life struggles? or? Oh, yeah. It is, it's helped me immensely. Um, 
Uh, and that's part of the reason why I love teaching. I also teach, um, I teach in the city, but I also teach to like in corporations, like corporate training and, um, and, and in order to help them with, you know, collaboration and communication and, and, um, culture, uh, you know, office culture, company culture. And I think it's really, really helpful. I feel very passionate about it. Um, and I think it's helped me in a lot of ways, just especially because I, I actually was, I'm very lucky in that I did, was successful in having kids. I have, um, I have one child who we, you know, really struggled to have. And then the next one was a complete and utter surprise. Um, and I just, I still, honestly, she's 14 months old and I can't, I don't understand how she's here. I'm so glad she's here. Uh, but having kids is, is, um, is it's really important to be flexible. Um, and you just have to say, you know, I think that because I've been doing it so much and honestly, even though you're teaching it and I've been doing it for so long, you still have to remind yourself of these, of these, um, tools, you know, it's, it's really easy to just forget them. Um, and that's one thing I really like about improv, even though you can be doing it for five or seven or eight years or whatever, you still, um, there's still ways to make it safe for yourself. And and now I have a very, like, am I making this safe for me radar, red flag? Um, in that I'll be like, well, why why do I have to make this safe? Because of all the experience I have in improv, I'm like, oh, well, maybe there's something I'm missing. I need to, like, lean into that sharp point or whatever um, and figure out um, why that's bothering me or, or what the issue is and ca- why am I... Um, avoiding it, you know? So, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's just fantastic. And especially, you know, teaching or being just open to ideas, um, and not judging them, not judging them right off the bat, but being open to, um, to all the ideas and then, and then, uh, judging them after a certain point, you know, is really important. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So also I want to talk like one of the Aspects of comedy is also to find truth in comedy, and part of the show is about uh, truth to power. Show is about you know finding our essential truths and helping them or allowing them to empower ourselves in our community. Um, so, what essential truth do you feel like you've discovered uh, in any of your processes, and um, that you see is undervalued in our society that's not really focused on, or or something that's? Uh, I mean, you discussed a little bit of how that contrast in your family you know, between the kind of the people who are more dramatically oriented and, and, and your impulse to be more creative and, and, and uh, joyful or, or comedic, silly, if you will. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about that and about, about any other truth that you found that you uh, discovered. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a toughie. Um, I think that... Um, I think it's, I think it's empathy. I think empathy is a, is a huge, um, is just so important. Uh, and, and we need to just remember what other people are, that we don't know what other people are going through. And every time we have a really bad day, let's just remember that anybody else around us can be having a really bad day. And empathy is a huge part of, of acting. And, and, um, that's maybe why I, I do, focus on it so much because in order to play any character, I have to think, well, what would I do in that situation? And where in my life have I been in that situation? Where have I been in, 
those shoes. What's the closest I can get, you know? Um, and I think just waking up and going out in the day every morning and thinking, well, remember that really bad day I have? Any any single person that I interact today with today um, could be going through that same thing. So let's be cool. Yeah. <laughs> there when it gets really tense and, and stressful. <laughs> yeah, I think it was also it's interesting to connect also about how we uh, provoke insight in other people. And uh, Oscar Wilde once had the quote that um, – you know, if you want to tell someone the truth, make them laugh or they'll kill you, I think was the paraphraser is about what he said. Uh, you know, that that uh, humor is a great way to provoke insight and provoke, uh, you know, real uh, truth-making and truth investigation in others as well, especially in in, uh, in people who are very rigid in their viewpoints, you know, that then they'll laugh and be like, oh, maybe I'll consider that perspective and such, you know? Do you agree? You mean is how is laughter like it gets people to kind of open up about their own exactly um, exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. totally yeah. <laughs> I definitely agree and that that's part of why I I made the film a comedy um, because I wanted to kind of uh, kind of make it an easy entry point um, and I, I said I I said to um, somebody I was speaking with after the premiere I said uh, I said I'm just so glad that this. I, I want just more women to see this and, and make sure, because I, I understand it's targeted to women, you know, um, probably in their 30s and <clears throat> or in 40s. And, and my friend was like, well, this speaks very strongly to me. Uh, this guy I know, um, he said, because, you know, I, I for for his personal reasons, it's, it's, it's exactly what he's kind of going through in a way. And I think sometimes, too, it gets the fertility struggle. It's, it's um, men maybe... May might be being left out a little bit on that on that story because um, it, it it can affect them very uh, very much as well. So I have to remember that that it's to women and men. Yeah, yeah, and I think that definitely. I think that having seen the movie and it was very good, very funny, and very enjoyable. Uh, I, I also Thank found you. it. I also found points of contact with it, or points of you know just understanding and the empathy, and not just understanding about on the other, but also understanding about. You know, identifying with the struggle of just you know uh, seeing others being having certain things and you know kind of not really kept, and triggering you know emotional responses in you and we want to go chase after that. So I guess like, I can the formula at least I understood and I, I kind of empathized with and I understood that you know the oh, government. Yeah, I, I was able to kind of get into that aspect of it. So right. yeah, yeah. And then some of the other questions have uh, we talked a little bit about um, belief or practices that you have that are stranger and popular within your industry. So within the comedy industry or within the uh, acting industry, what are some things that you have? Do you think that are uh, unpopular, or strange, or are viewed on strange in your within your industry? Well, I, I think um, I just think that. You know, we don't see a lot of um, uh, older women in in front of the camera, um, and I think it would be strange to see to see it. Like, like for example, I was looking. I because I'm very busy um, with the with kids and and work and everything. I I wasn't able to see the Joker, but I saw um, some like stills of um, the actor whose name is escaping me. Um, 
the the guy who played the Joker. Oh, Joaquin uh, Phoenix. Oh, yeah, Phoenix. Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix yeah. Phoenix, yeah. Um, and he, th- there's pictures of him. Uh, I think there's a picture of still of him in like um, a bus or something. I couldn't or a car, and and his face is very it shows his age, you know. Yeah. And it's a very captivating photo. I mean, he is his he's a very stunning individual. But um, I was like, oh, I I can't imagine seeing a woman having the same age on her face and this face mm-hmm. being um, applauded or, you know, um, spread widely. And I think about that with, um, often Brad Pitt is, um, he'll, he'll be, I, I think I saw him on a poster recently and there was, there was age there, um, you know, wrinkles and, you know, bags and all that. And, and he's just, he's on a poster. And I was like, what woman would be on this? That would be strange. That would be super strange and unusual to see, um, and I don't know how to change that conversation. Um, I, I can't. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's entrenched um, in our society that women, when they get older, need to kind of hide or they go away or they fix it. So much fixing, um, expensive fixing. And um, I'm not judging people who, who do do cosmetic procedures or um, try to and make themselves look younger because I am, I am every day that goes by that I don't call and make an appointment, Botox appointment. I like consider a success. It's like very hard. It's very tempting to do, you know? Um, and I, so I just, I, it just makes me sad. I just wish there was more like respect, um, for that. And, and if you look at foreign film, it, it, it's totally different. It's definitely a, a Hollywood mechanism and, I, I think that um, we can be we we can accept women, you know, in their natural aging process in other countries in, in in our films, just like they do in other countries. I mean, it's light. It, it's really night and day. I don't know if you're, you've seen m- many foreign films, but um, they just a lot of them also just look like normal people. Like the the yeah. actors and actresses, they just look like normal people, and it's it's really um, it's. Uh, just uplifting. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's very important to, uh, you know, have that conversation, just like any other conversation we're having, you know, be able to have it in the open and, and be able to, a lot of it has to do with, uh, I think, I personally, I think a lot has to do with the industry professionals rather than the audiences. I feel like the audiences would be more uh, attuned to it if they, if they, there's kind of a stigma among these uh, Hollywood people you know that they that they perpetuate, uh, and they and they kind of use the excuse that it wouldn't be as successful. But um, yeah, I, I don't feel that 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 would be the case if they really were to you know put their efforts into uh, spotlighting older women or spotlighting you know um, uh, like minority actors and in, in, in major in major right. um, major major venues that, that they would be as successful. You know, I think they would be as successful. You know. So, yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of it is fear. Uh, there's a lot of fear <clears throat> associated with it. And then people want to, and there, there's some, so much risk <clears throat> in, in the venture in, in movie making and, and, um, you know, uh, TV pilots and all that, that, that I think that they get, they get, cl- they, you know, uh, get more and more scared the closer it gets and they start, you know, t- pulling back on those risks. And, uh, it's, um, but some people, I feel like, do, uh, you know, I think there are some examples of 
of minor wins these days. So hopefully we'll just keep pushing in that direction. Yeah, no, there have, there have been many instances of, you know, we're getting uh, more and more um, popular series. Oh, let's talk a little bit about series and such. So uh, not counting your own work, what is one, um, you know, piece of media or, or novel or poem or anything that you wish everyone in the world would experience? Um, and this is not, oh, so it's on paper or oh, anything. It, it can be any medium, any medium. Yeah. Any I wish medium everyone that, would experience that you wish that it kind I, of inlet into your insights into the world or anything. Yeah. I mean, recently, um, Hmm. I think what comes to mind is transparent. Um, that the show, the series with, um, you know, about transgender. Oh, wow. um, yeah. I think that that would, the Jill Soloway yeah. uh, produced um, uh, show, I think was very, was very, very moving for me. I, I think just anytime someone, I, I, anytime someone is told the way you are is not right. Um, I, I really get upset by that. Um, and I think that, there's a lot of places where that happens and the more we can make those people the star of the shows and, and um, show people what they're going through when that happens, what happens to someone as a kid, you know, when they're told the way you are isn't right and not being able to see any, you know, role models, not having any role models that look like them or act like them um, is, um, is just devastating. Uh, and so I think that show really, I think taught me a lot about that experience. Mm, thank you. And also mm. we'll, we'll transition into, um, what are some success and failures? Uh, we'll start with the successes and then go into some things that didn't go according to plan, but with some of the, the major successes in your life that you feel, uh, have really helped marker, your journey uh, throughout your life, uh, some of the things in your um, personal life or professional life that really marked off some of the transitions in your life, yeah. Um, I did a, uh, when I was in, in graduate school again many years ago, I, um, I was cast in a show called Women Reconsidered um, that uh, a directing student um, didn't write, but, but, created the space for and it was a show that myself and three other actresses and the director were going to kind of create ourselves and write and we just had free uh will to um to just create whatever we wanted to and we were going to make the show ourselves and i never like write sketches or any kind of different um uh pieces we could add to this like hour-long show and i i had never been given the space to do something like that before. I think I maybe had defined myself um, as someone. Oh, I who doesn't create, or I'm not going to do that. Just give me the the script, and I'll, I'll do. I'll go from there. I'm just an actress, and that was the first time I was given the space to create something, and um, felt so. Uh, it had, gave me so much confidence. I was like, oh, I, I, I can do this. Why did I define myself as someone who can't do this? Um, I definitely uh, learned a lot from that. I was like, oh, I can, ma- I can write stuff, and 
um, and perform it and, and think creatively about how to do, you know, all different types of performance. So we had a lot of different kind of mediums in it and, and it made me realize that, um, that I, I can just make my own work. And that's a hugely powerful realization. And that was, you know, that was over, that was about 20 years ago. So, um, it was a very important realization. Um, so that was a big success. Thank you. Um, and going on to and, things when things didn't go according to plan or what did you learn from it and all this kind of thing. I guess you might term it failures. Yeah. 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 Um, just thinking failures. Um, I mean, I'd say that, uh, I, I'd say that for whatever reason, I, I, I don't know if it's because of my type or, you know, who knows, but, and, and there's 500 actresses that look just like me in the city and, 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 and you know, in LA and that have, are the same, you know, you know, the same height, the same general appearance, the same type. Uh, so it's, it's hard to be, it's, it's, it's impossible to be hard on yourself, but I, but I just don't get, uh, seen a lot for, for TV and film and, and, and I don't get, I don't, what the editions I do get, I just don't, I don't, I feel like some of them I'll get, you know, sent to the producers, my self tape or whatever, but I just don't tend to book things that, that I'm, that I auditioned for. And, that was so fr- that that's very frustrating for me and, and that's part of the reason why I made the film is because I was like, well, if nobody else can see what I can do, then I need to do it myself. Um and say, Well, you know, uh this is what I do and I'm not gonna stop. I've been doing it since I was fourteen. Um and it's part of who I am and <clears throat> if nobody else wants me to be in their show then I'm gonna make a sh- my own show. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's really good. Yeah, I think also was taking that approach in my own writing, and you know, and and I think all of us want to take power back, and we want to kind of have control, creative control, yeah. and we want to be able to pr- pr- produce the material we want to produce without having to jump through hoops. You know, I think that's definitely yeah. a, a recurring theme and a recurring uh, idea in many artists. You know, yeah, I think it's. I think everybody should do it. I think, you know. um, yeah, you should try it um, because it might be, you know, your vein of gold or whatever, the way that you break through. So I think it's it's very, very, yeah, powerful. Gives you control. Yeah, so now I'm going to do a couple quick announcements as we hit the uh, halfway point. Um, Ready for Brooklyn's Drive to Five campaign is underway. In May, RFB turns five years old, and we need to raise $25,000 so we can continue bringing you commercial-free independent radio for another five years. And we're about 30% there, so we have a long way to go in just a couple of months. If you'd like to make a small donation uh, to help us reach our goal, the easiest way to give is to text uh, RFB Give 5, the number 5, to 44321. And you can make a pledge right on your phone. We uh, also have some great gifts for going uh, available on your website, on our website, uh, including a limited edition 5th anniversary t shirt designated by former Clash manager Cosmo Vinyl. If you'd like to get one of those great premiums, you can make a donation at readyforbrooklyn.org slash drive to five. If you can't afford to give, you can still let us know how much you love us by calling our special voicemail at 718-673-8201 and leave us a message letting us know why you love RFP or wish to, uh, or wish us a happy birthday. 
if you uh, consent, your message may be played on air. Um, also, in regards to um, this being uh, March, uh, the Women's Month, uh, Sisters with Purpose seek to empower women and their families by providing resources that will help them develop necessary skills to be able to engage community part- participants. On March 28th, they'll be hosting their annual Women's History Luncheon to honor the amazing women in their community. For more information, check out sisterswithpurpose.net. Thank you. Okay. So we're back on the Truth to Power show and ready for Brooklyn. Uh, we have about like about 10 or 10 15 more minutes, and then we can go to some music and such. Um, let's talk a little bit more about uh, – so now tell us a little bit more about recapping your film experience and your projects that you've worked on, all this kind of stuff, and then we can go into the next topic. Okay. Um, yeah, so, you know, my husband and I have done several, um, uh, we, we like to work together as a team a lot and we made some, um, some parodies, like, uh, we made a parody of, um, my so-called land and, um, uh, homeland. And, uh, that was really fun because I, a lot of times people say I look like Claire Danes and I, we did like, um, basically the character from Homeland goes back to the high school in my so-called life. Um, and uh, it was a really, really fun um, parody we did and uh, kind of a mashup of those two shows. Um, it's called So-Called Land. Um, and then uh, we have, <laughs> we've done a couple other sketches and, and um, we're working, my husband's working on one now, writing one now. Um, and uh, I, you know, the film that I made um, was definitely... Um, a huge, uh, I mean, my husband was a huge factor in that as well. Jamie Cummings, he's a very good writer and often he will, um, uh, punch up my dialogue and he, he's like my copyright editor in everything, in life, in marriage, <laughs> in, in our artistic endeavors. Um, and, uh, there wasn't a, a version of the script that didn't, that wasn't run by him or, you know, or, or proofread by him or, reviewed by him. So we, we very much work together on these. Um, it's, it's kind of, it feels slightly weird saying that I'm the writer because, um, like, I feel like he should almost get a writing credit as well, but, uh, he was in the film, which was, which was super fun. We improvised together in a scene, uh, this, because of my improv background, a lot of the script in the show was in the, in the film was, was, um, we were, you know, I wrote it and then it was like, well, there's going to be room to play. And a lot of the actors I cast were also, um, improvisers. So they were all comfortable with that world. And, um, and I, I, honestly, everything I've done pretty much professionally, like my inside Amy Schumer, um, episodes and, um, <clears throat> you know, others were, were very much, um, there were excellent uh, environments on set, like really, really good supportive environments. Uh, and they would always say, you know, if there's something that you think would be good here, uh, try it. And, and um, always like open to, to that play, uh, which I think is, is makes things um, really fresh and real on set and, you know, that you, and what you're able to capture. So uh, that was a really important tool for the film. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, it was a very interesting experience as being, being a first time filmmaker and having three days to shoot this and, and many different locations. And it was just a whirlwind. Like I, I did not, I, I, 
like I almost like woke up three days later and didn't know what happened. Um, and <laughs> it was so quick and, you know, cause every day, every minute is, is there's so much money on the line. And, and this was, you know, an independently, um, uh, made film. I, I raised funds and, um, it was, it was hard to, to do it on a, on a shoestring budget. Um, but, I I was real. I loved my director. She has she's done a lot of work before, so she was able to um, bring in like the crew that she typically works with, which I think was integral for me as a first time filmmaker to have somebody who who had a crew and that had all this experience. Um, the director Shana Feinberg is is I think is very inspirational, um, and she's kind of a role model for me. She's um, she's very authentic to herself, and she's not like anyone else. And she has such a a distinct um, point of view, and um, she's also just a great human being and very, very supportive. And um, just she's the kind of person that makes you feel like you're like you've got great ideas, or that anything's possible after you meet with them. Yeah, people that like. I think as I get older, you know, I don't want to be around people who don't um, encourage me or who don't. It's it's almost like a uh, just an energy. Uh, I mean, it is. It's an energy. It's it's um. There's energy that I get from people that makes me feel like I want to just go to bed, <laughs> um, and there's energy I get from people that make me want to like go home and write. Or I'm, I'm even talking about professionally. You know, just people you hang out with, and you know, friends that you talk with regularly. And I don't have time really for the people who um, who make me kind of want to stick my head in the sand anymore. So that's one of the great. Uh, perks of aging. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what is, what are some things that you're looking towards uh, in the future? Can you reveal anything, or is, is there is, can you reveal anything about the subjects or areas of exploration you want to go into, or your dream projects? Yeah. I mean, I definitely want to explore um, aging as a woman. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that uh, that's a huge part of my. Um, experience right now uh, and uh you know i i, I just want to push the conversation just the tiniest bit i think too after i had kids um I, I was expecting to after i had kids i was expecting to have the um uh impetus to just like dive into my day job or whatever and and just kind of abandoned my artistic pursuits and my artistic endeavors and just think, well, I need to make money for the family. I can't, um, I, enough, you know, playtime. I have to, you know, buckle down. And, and, um, instead I had an overwhelming and anytime I've had a big sea change in my life, this has happened. Um, I, I, uh, I, instead I, I wanted to buckle down into my art, uh, my artistic expression and, and, and hit it even harder. Uh, which has, is surprising to me, um, and <laughs> maybe not the best things for my kids. <laughs> uh -huh. um, no, uh, but I wanted. I think half of it is because I want to show my children that. I, honestly, half of it is because I want to show my children that um, that this is who I am, and that y you should be true to yourself. Um, and gosh, don't abandon your dreams, you know. So that was a, a big part in, in my, um, in my 
you know, increased in, uh, motivation, and I, I just want to continue it. So, yeah, like ageism, anything that's really, I, and I also, whatever is really important that's happening in my life, it has to be, it has to stem from that. As we talked about earlier, anything that's going on, any projects I do have to mean a lot to me. That's the only way they're going to resonate, I think, with an audience, is if they are, are uh, something is something that I am really, really passionate about. If I'm just like, oh, that's a funny, cute idea, I, I can't possibly um, make a whole whatever it is based on just that flimsy of a, you know, of a feeling towards it. Yeah, it's interesting. I think a lot of us are in a place where we're like, we have to come up with a, a, a plot or an idea that's interesting, but it's interesting in perspective. I think a lot of artists do follow that. And, uh, you know, I myself tried to follow that as well, where it's like you're, you're trying to really get something organic coming out of your, your soul, right? Because especially since you're committing so much time to working on it, you exactly. know, it's, it's one thing just to produce an idea and be like, oh, boom, you know, it is a cool idea. But then it's another thing to actually, you know, go through the mill of, you know, working on it and putting your love and, and your, your backbone into it. Yeah. Yeah, if it doesn't, yeah, what a slog if you're just like going through the motions and you don't, you don't feel so strongly about it. And you, it, it, you can tell it doesn't have any heart, you know, yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, so that's cool. And then, uh, so now we're going to be going to some music in a little bit, but uh, what are some, what are some uh, musical inspirations for you? And what are some, uh, do you listen to music and do you, like, do you get some inspiration for music or what are some musical uh, inspirations uh, that come to mind that, uh, either get you really going and, and how do you incorporate that if all in your uh, cinema and all that? Yeah. Uh, well, right now, um, <laughs> um, I'm really into wind chimes. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> that's like my musical, that's like the extent of my musical um, experience right now. No, um, honestly, like anyone who has kids will tell you, like they're just so behind on every aspect of like, popular culture at that moment oh, yeah. I don't know what I don't even know what to be wearing like I want to <laughs> just like like I, I really want to go into stores and be like hey what's cool right now um, <laughs> where um, and what's you know same thing with music uh, I, I do have some you know tried and true musical inspirations that um, that I go back to but uh, they're they're nothing um, you know nothing fresh and i know that there's really good music and it kills me i want to like listen to good new newer music and um and really get into something but i i mean my my uh ride or die my ride or die is definitely um i love arcade fire a lot um they especially anyone who has like a woman singer like um uh, what is her name? I can't think of her name right now, but the lead singer on Arcade Fire is really an inspiration for me. She's a role model. Um, I've seen them in, in live many times and she is such a good performer and they are such a great, they're just such great performers and they, um, they, <clears throat> they care about it. They care about performing. They care about putting on a good show and they're really great performers. And so I really love them. Um, and, uh, I listen to a lot of classic rock coming from growing up in Atlanta. So I listen to classic, rock. I love Led Zeppelin and, and, um, the, you know, um, I love the Beatles and, uh, um, Fleetwood Mac and, and a lot of that style of music as well. Um, and, uh, I really like a lot of different music and, and I think it's really important and I can't wait to start getting back into it when my kids are in college. Yeah. Actually, I, to admit, I also listen to just uh, 
you know, on, on Pandora, I just listen to the, the uh, stations like 80. I put in like Duran Duran or something like that. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. sound alike. Yeah. And then I'll discover some. I discovered Imagine Dragons actually through Pandora. And I was like, oh, they're really good. Like, I really I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. So these kinds of things. <laughs> and sometimes I discover sometimes. And then I try to I try to uh, put my guests on the spot to like produce some new music for me. So uh, and also for the for the musical taste of all these uh, of our listeners uh, to get a sense of what people are listening to and what people enjoy and what people feel connect with them. So it, it gives a chance to people to to get diversify. So I did pull up um, uh, Arcade Fire, and then uh, so we'll play that in like a minute or two. Uh, so why don't we why don't we end with um, telling us a little bit about where we can follow you and uh, anything anything immediately upcoming uh, anything like that you want to plug? Yeah, I mean you can follow me on on Instagram at uh, Mandy Schmieder. Um, that's M A N D Y S C H M I E D E R. Um, <clears throat> you can also follow my film, a natural uh, film, at a natural film on Instagram. Um, I also have a um, parody milestones account for my for my kids. Like you know, the first like there'll be pictures of babies at like twelve months, and uh, th- and there'll be like um, you know pictures of a first smile or whatever. And this is a parody of that. So it's like um, first time um, first time baby has a, a resting. Uh, resting baby face on mass transit or first time baby um, has a ceiling fan in the background, you know, like ridiculous parodies. Um, and that's at baby milestones on Instagram. And then you can follow me on Twitter. It's the same name, Mandy Schmieder. Um, and that has kind of like kind of everything kind of uh, filters through there. So all the Instagram accounts go through there. And um, my film is going to be doing the festival circuit this year. So um <laughs> <laughs> come to your local town when it's in when it's there and 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 check it out and it'll be online later this year i'll definitely um send you a link and and um and uh we'll be you know it'll it hopefully have a, a great online um opening um at some point soon thank you thank you so uh thank you so much we're gonna listen to a little bit of wake up by uh by um uh, arcade fire sorry i was looking at the which album it's from, but we'll listen a little bit to that, and then we'll uh, we'll end the interview, and then we'll we'll play a little bit from another song if we have time. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.
Listening to uh, Arcade Fire, and then after that, we're listening to uh, Cormance and Marcus um, Layton's uh, Wrap Me in Plastic. Um, so now we'll listen to a little bit more uh, to some music. Uh, I believe I found, I discovered this week I was thinking about comedy, and uh, we discovered the Kingston Trio trios. I discovered the Kingston Trio string along tomorrow. So we'll listen a little bit to that. About a year ago To a little town called Morrow In the state of Ohio I've never been much of a traveler And I really didn't know That Morrow was the hardest 
regarding morrow, not expecting to be guided. Said I, my friend, I'd like to go tomorrow and return. No later than tomorrow, for I haven't time to burn. Said he to me, now let me see if I have heard you right. You'd like to go tomorrow and return tomorrow night. You should have gone tomorrow, yesterday, and back today. For the train that goes tomorrow is a mile upon its way. If you had gone tomorrow, yesterday, now don't you see? You could have gone tomorrow and returned today at three. For the train today, tomorrow, if the schedule is right. Today it goes tomorrow and returns tomorrow night. Said I, my friend, it seems to me you're talking through your hat. There is a town named Morrow on the line, now tell me that. There is, said he, but take from me a quiet little tip. To go from here tomorrow is a 14-hour trip. The train today, tomorrow, leaves today at 8.35. At half past ten tomorrow is the time it should arrive. So if from here tomorrow is a 14-hour jump, can you go today, tomorrow, and get back today, you chump? Said I, I'd like to go tomorrow, so can I go today? And get tomorrow by tonight if there is no delay. Well, well, said he to me, and I've got no more to say. Can you get anywhere tomorrow and get back again today? Said I, I guess you know it all, but kindly let me say, how can I get tomorrow if I leave this town today? Said he, you cannot go tomorrow anymore today, cause the train that goes tomorrow is a mile upon its way. I was so disappointed, I was mad enough to swear, the train had gone tomorrow and it left me standing there. You're listening to the Truth to Power Show on Radio Free Brooklyn. We have about a minute left. I just want to tell you that um, if you're listening to this program uh, through your computer, uh, where are you? Uh, why are you? You should be listening through your uh, iPhone or Android. Um, you should be downloading the apps to your uh, devices. So please do so. And then uh, please go to uh, radioforbrooklyn.org slash truth to power to find out about our archives and to listen a little bit more to the show. Um, thanks so much. Uh, thanks so much for listening. We're every Monday at 8 a.m.